My loyal supporters, do I have something special just for you. Subscribe for five buckaroos and gain access to exclusive content, discounts on merch and products, live videos, and so much more. Y'all know I'm generous and I'm doing this just for you. Why? Because we've just leveled up and we've grown. And those of you who've been rocking and supporting me, I want to make sure that you know that I love you and I'm so grateful for you. Be sure to hit the link in the caption or bio or check me out at lasuperagent.com and hit subscribe as a loyal supporter. Three, two, one. Well, it is about that time for another live, powerful, information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. You are now listening to us live on our Facebook and YouTube. We repurpose this on demand on radio podcasts everywhere, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor Breaker, CastBox, on and on and on. So I want you, if you're on the live, to drop in a comment, say hi, say hello. Let us know where you are listening and tuning tuning in from. And I am so happy that I get to bring someone that I have been rocking with for some years. (laughs) So this is going, this is a special. I am so glad that I was able to catch this brother because uh, he is hard to keep up with. Uh, not really. He's doing. He's everywhere. It's just making sure you get on his calendar and get connected, get involved with what he's doing. So I want to do a quick introduction, uh, warm you up to my next guest, uh, and that is Thomas T.J. Lofton. And I, I'm so, so happy to be able to bring him on as part of his book tour and the release of his first and most recent book. I know there's going to be a lot more to come out from him. Before I jump into his extensive resume and bio, I wanna first remind you all that this show is a proud supporter of Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, where we seek, teach, and empower youth with real estate terms, concepts, and careers as an alternate pathway to success. What does that mean? We teach children real estate ages 11 and up, and we do that through our organization, Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation. We are currently accepting registration for the fall summer session, a fall program, not fall summer. I'm already doing a summer program here in the greater Los Angeles area with Youth United Enrichment and Academic Center. Uh, If you are near the LA LA Inglewood borderline, 
yeah, you want to get connected with Miss uh, Terry Bell, who's the executive director. We are preparing for our fall session, which will have two cohorts of 20 middle school students and 20 high school students. So stay connected and check us out and learn more of how your student or you can be involved to support and sponsor and be a proud sponsor of the work we are doing for the next generation. Now, as we talk about the next generation, I'm on with a global business leader, celebrity car builder, published author and speaker who has revolutionized the low riding and auto industries with nearly three decades of business innovation. Mr. Lofton formally founded three successful global businesses, Express Gold Plating, Compton Wire Wheels, and Molded Suspension. And yes, you heard that correctly. CPT is in the building. CPT is in the building. Mr. Lofton manufactures auto parts. He also played a pivotal, pivotal role in creating the multi-million, multi, excuse me, billion B, multi-billion dollar low riding industry. His classic cars led him into the film industry as his cars were featured in music videos, movies, commercials, and television shows. He was also invited to be on the set of NWA's reunion movie, Straight Outta Compton and Driving Wild Black. Without further ado, again, this brother has an extensive resume. Like I said, no one usually can tell, tell it better than the person themselves. TJ, I want to say welcome, welcome to the show. How you feeling? <laughs> oh, I'm just great. Thank you for, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the platform. I appreciate what you do and all this great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Say it takes one to know one, right? Oh, man. And, and for those who don't know, this is how we pretty much got it together. Uh identifying talent and seeing the work that I had been doing, you definitely were quick to get on board. And I want to say thank you again. Um, I've said this before that the platforms in terms from speaking, you turn me on, you put me on, you put me on. <laughs> <laughs> TJ was somebody, yeah. Yeah, TJ was somebody that put me on y'all. And uh, I just, again, I, I, I appreciate him. And great person to know. He definitely says things, says the controversial things. And he actually wrote a book in terms of controversial. Uh, monetizing gentrification, building black ownership. TJ, <laughs> TJ, what has inspired this book and why now? Uh, that's what I want to know. Why now? You know, being an investor for all those years and having the real estate background that I have, I tend to see, we tend to see things that other people don't see, you know? Mm. So when I started getting out there traveling, no, actually when California real estate hit 350 back during the housing boom and back in the uh, 06, 07, when it got ready to crash, I mm -hmm. thought that was a little, you know, I thought 350 was a little excessive, you know? How are we going to be selling That's houses for 350? Now. And I started crying foul, so I thought to myself, I said, if California's at 350, what about the rest of the country? So I said, mm -hmm. let me travel around and see what's going on, because you know how you just had that gut feeling that something ain't right? 
And that's what hit me. I said, let me go investigate this. And I, as I start traveling, I started seeing mind boggling things, gentrification mm-hmm. on levels that we never even thought about in California. You know, I got to D.C. Right. and I saw whole cities wiped out. You know, I got to Philly. I saw massive gentrification that's been going on mainstream for over a decade. And I said, I knew something wasn't right, but people ain't talking about this. So I said, I can't explain this to people. I need to write a book about it. I need to put pictures in this book because I don't even believe the stuff I'm seeing. You know, you know mm-hmm. how you see some things and you're like, this can't be real. Ain't nobody going to believe this. Let me take a picture of this. Let me get some video because people are not going to believe this. You know, whole communities, really, TJ? I said, let's take a picture and put it in the book. And next thing you know, it's like, wow. It sparked the national conversation. And you you said it. You said it to me. You said the other day, I am seeing what you are talking about. Right? Mm -hmm. We we saw this uh, years ago. And it was you know, we're, we're solution oriented. You've been doing trainings and workshops since, since I met you. And so I've been following your model and you've heard me call and say, TJ, I'm doing it. I'm doing the workshops. Ready, set, real estate is having the live workshops now. So I've been following your model and you, you, you quite frankly and honestly, and I, I normally, when I have an opportunity to publicly acknowledge somebody, I like to do that. You have inspired me because I'll be in rooms of one people to hundreds of people and thousands on all the radio platforms that you've connected from here. And now you are, you know, in the South and the East Coast and the West. So all over the country, people have heard your voice. You've been leading the charge and uh, definitely give credit where credit is due in terms of definitely trailblazing this conversation on gentrification uh, before it started to really become this buzzword as we know it today. Now, I wanted to really kind of get into um, this monetizing gentrification. Now, I know you have the book. And by the way, I'm not, this is not for TJ to give you guys free game and consult. This is for us to have a conversation and a discussion of why now, um, what types of resources are there available for people who are dealing, right? Quote unquote dealing. And, and it's, I, I, that's even, that's kind of a, that's playing it down because we, it really does. I do see that we are at war. Do you see that TJ? Absolutely. Without okay. question. And this is real estate warfare. And that's not something that I, I don't think I've ever said that on my platform before. Um, I've said it offline, but there's there's some news that I'm reading. There's some statistics that I'm reading that I am very hurt about, TJ, and I'm unhappy about it. And it it creates fire inside of me to right. do something about it. Right. And, and so, that's what we got to do. Yeah. So share with us, um, share with us kind of. What has been the response that you've been getting from the tour and the book Monetizing Gentrification? Uh, who has been your audience? Like who's been coming and listening to TJ talk about this? 
You know, it's 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 a mixture of people. It's been a little bit of everybody. You know, you got the people who are saying they can't afford their apartment anymore because the landlord raised the rent. You got the people who saying I bought this house for five fifty, now it's worth one point two million, and they raise the taxes, and I can't afford the taxes. So I'm getting everybody in there. You know, people with money, people without money. You know, you got people. It's just everybody. Then I got people who who's upset about the whole gentrification. What, what are you talking about? Why are you even bringing that up? Isn't that a good right. thing? You know, so I it, it it depend on where I go. I get a little bit of everybody. You know, I'm so, so I have glad, to. I'm so glad you said that because I I kind of I do want to expand on this. Isn't gentrification a good thing? No, not at all. It depends on who you are. If you're an investor, a developer, wait, y'all hear what I said? A developer, not a flipper, but a developer, it's a great thing. It's a, it's raining money right now. And it'll mm. be raining money for quite some time now. But if you're an apartment renter, it's a, it's a terrible thing. If you're a person that's on minimum wage, it's a, ter- it's a nightmare. It's an unbelievable nightmare for people. So mm. it depends on who you are. What's your financial background and what's your, your stability? Are you stable in your home? Do you, is, is it paid for? Is these taxes bothering you? You know, do you stay in a neighborhood where uh, they're tearing down the houses and putting up apartment buildings or bigger houses? You know, it depends on where you live. You know, and most folks and we started to discuss this uh, while you you brought me on in one of your lives and. We started to discuss this thing about taxes because people are not really realizing how significant you shared an article that really, I'm going to say it, it pissed me off. Hmm. I, I'm not normally one to be triggered and everybody knows me as I'm, I'm normally cool, super agent. <laughs> yeah, right. But you shared an article of a woman in Atlanta who says, she may now be forced to sell her home that she's been in for 40 plus years because she cannot afford the taxes that when I think, when I think number one, I look at statistic and the numbers of black ownership. And then I see something like that. And then I see who's purchasing in that area. Um, that I was PO'd when I read this. And this is why I said, TJ, we need to get back on, on the airwaves. Ready Set Real Estate needs to have this conversation, needs to feature you because you were on when I first started Ready Set Real Estate. And thank you for continuing and supporting me. We're now in our fourth season. You're now in episode 98 today, by the way. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. Season four, you're now on episode 98. It couldn't wait two days so I can be 100, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is an emergency. It had to be now, right? to be now brother I, I, it had to be now and, and and that was really what happened you guys this is how wonderful he is that I called him up I said hey can, can we do a show <laughs> I need you on why because let's talk about it uh, TJ you just shared an article article released by the Wall Street Journal today did you not yes I did let's yes, talk did. about this article Go for it, Lisa. You 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 got it. They're they're talking about home ownership for African Americans is at an all time historical low. Right, all time historical low, you guys. And here's what was significant about this article. And let me say this: I'm you know I'm in an industry where it is unethical, and it's illegal and unethical to discriminate. Um, that's why we have the Fair Housing Act. 
we have all kinds of things put in place. And one of the things that is so deeply concerning for me is that this is deeper than Fair Housing Act. Um, the right. article posed that right now you have the two quote unquote minority groups, which we know we're not minorities. And by definition, when you call people a minority group, by government definition, that means there are people that cannot take care of themselves like right. a minor. You are considered a child. So we right. are the child group because we cannot take care of ourselves by government standards and definitions. But we know in terms of people of color, um, we are the majority. So we've got to really get these definitions correct in the first place right. and shift our mind. So let's let's just put a pin in that. Right. The second well, part of it is, I, and I was just gonna go into this and I want you to jump in. Yes, the second part of the, the article, it said the Latino community and the black community for the first time in history now have shown a very clear path in that they are pursuing different directions as it relates to home ownership. Yeah, they are going, you know, and, and I see it all over the country as I travel, I'm, you know, doing my speaking, you know, this, this whole book thing, it's opened up so many doors. It got me speaking on panel discussions all across the country and it's quite controversial. I'll be sitting there, and someone two chairs down from me will be talking about a horror story about real estate. Oh, it's the worst thing I've ever done. And I recommend nobody do it. You know, and mm. I just sit there and look at them and it's like, you know how you're supposed to be a professional and your face is supposed to always never let them see you sweat or whatever they call it. And I just go like, <laughs> like wait a minute, let me pull my ax out because I'm coming for you for that one because you can't be doing that. Not while I'm on, not while I'm on watch, you know. But it's right. an agenda. It's a national agenda to downplay real estate. So that article, I really don't necessarily believe that. There's a lot of articles being written that just said, will say we don't even own homes. You know what I'm saying? People, are, you got horror stories about home ownership. And, and you know, it's just so much about this. It destroyed my life. And I'm just seeing it being pushed in on people. And I find myself where we should be talking about how amazing this market is, how much wealth is being created with this market. I'm sitting there in the kindergarten conversation talking about. Like, it's a bad thing. Like, why are we even talking about this? We supposed you supposed to be asking me, how can you create wealth today? You're supposed to be asking me, what's a good investment? Where can I go buy? Can I connect you with an agent? But instead, I'm sitting here trying to defend home ownership. It's like right. insanity right now. It's why? Because they, my professor said this, or my, my teacher, or my doctor, or my attorney friend, the, my divorce attorney told me, let her have the house. You know, and I'm like, it's just crazy, but I just see it from all different angles. So I'm thinking about the weak-minded people. I'm thinking about the people who are not necessarily interested in it, who's thinking about it. But now you got so many people who you go talk to, and they're telling them, don't even try it. Leave it alone. Right. Steve you know, Richardson, who's also, who's, who's also a broker and a developer and investor and one of our uh, featured guests on our past show, he says, right, redlining, and I haven't, I haven't heard of this this way. Steve, thank you for this. He says, redlining in the mind of the people. Right. Woo! Right. <laughs> you know, redlining exactly. in the mind of the people. And absolutely, it is 
that programming that we talk about. And this is why I do a couple things to counter that information. And it frustrates me because we share that kind of news about the decline of black ownership and we're not interested in black millennials don't want to buy real estate. I actually, together with Leon Townsend and um, uh, one of the uh, state presidents of NAREB, which is the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, which is one of the largest and first real estate uh, organizations that advocates for black ownership, home ownership, uh, we collectively were putting together a report to show that yes, black millennials are interested in buying just like everybody else. Right. But again, right. we need more ready set real estate platforms to contend with the, the news out there. This is why right. I implore with people share the platform, right. you know, subscribe because we need this outlet to educate and empower more uh, people who don't have the media to, to, to listen to this stuff because time and time again, I've seen positive stories about real estate ownership, development, investments, um, seeing what he does. Steve is, I mean, a perfect example in terms of development and, and creating housing affordability, teaching and training um, the, the faith-based organizations how to create housing with the lots and lands that they own and tax efficiency. Like, but we don't, we're not seeing that, TJ. We're not seeing that. <laughs> Oh, but you know what? I, I get both sides of it. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the negative side of it. Uh, I just I said that in an effort to say they're going over time in driving black African-American people out of the market, black and brown people out of the market. They're going over time. They are going in overtime. Why is that? Because of the amount of money involved. There is so much money being made right now that people or just be creating wealth instantly. It's like one purchase is netting people large, large amounts of money that they can just retire from from the rest of their lives. So this is what, why it's so important that we talk to our people, you know, that we talk to our family and let them know, hey, you know, look at what's going on right now. People, number one question being asked to me, TJ, isn't the market about to crash? And I said, hmm, let me think about that. You have Google just moved in your area. You have Facebook. You have Amazon just moved in. You have uh, Google's building this. You know, you got Mercedes Benz just moved into your area. Uh, no, <laughs> not a, not by a long shot. You know, so I have to literally explain to people, and then the whole conversation would turn from, you know, I was thinking about selling, but I didn't realize that Mercedes Benz moving its corporate headquarters three minutes from my house and selling houses, townhouses that's starting off at 550 for a 1200 square footer. You know what I mean? So maybe I should keep my house because listening to you, you're letting me know my house should be worth about 725 now instantly. You know, so we have conversations like this on the norm and I'm seeing people that are in amazing opportunities. This tariffs that's going on, Donald Trump and his tariffs right now. He has the corporations moving around the country. Do you know how amazing it is when a corporation moves? You know, you right. can you can say a corporation, Toyota Motor Corporation, moved from Torrance, California. It wiped out Torrance. It just pushed it. Just, it just pushed the prices down to the point that those Torrance it, it hurt Torrance, Redondo Beach, Palos Verdes, Rolling Hills. 
uh, uh, San Pedro real estate prices started tanking and they covered it up and said everything that's being listed needs to be a pocket listing. We don't want it on the MLS. We don't want these houses on the MLS because we don't want people to know there's an abundance, an overabundance of real estate on the market. But when you go to Plano, Texas, where Toyota Motor Corporation moved to, now you got people whose land was worth $5,000. Now they're getting $3 million for it because FedEx just bought the land across the street from them and they needed a parking lot. You know, <laughs> it's like it's, it's bananas in the country right now. All of these corporations are moving. Colleges are expanding, saying, we want to buy your house. We're not taking no for an answer. Here's a blank check. We really need your house. We want this land that you have because we know we're not buying for today. We're buying for tomorrow because we hey. know what the land is going to be worth tomorrow. So we're, we're, we're happily going to give you this 1.6 for this little raggedy house sitting across the street from USC. You know what I'm saying? Because we know once we get done doing what we're doing, it's going to be worth five or ten million. So this is going on all around the country. I'm seeing colleges are expanding and buying up the surrounding areas around the schools, except for the HBCUs, by the way, except for the HBCUs. Yes. You hit on so many points. I want to read Steve's remark. He says, TJ, you are on it. Um, he says, thank you, Lisa. Absolutely. He says they have programmed us to think there is no value in the ownership of real assets by highlighting the risk over the reward while they buy your house from you and benefit themselves directly or through passive investment strategies. He says Inglewood was changing before we knew it because they saw they saw the opportunity in our lack of economic sophistication. You just quoted a purchase of someone, a, a broker I saw shared who successfully sold a single family residence um, down the street from USC for one point something million. And in retrospect, in retrospect, that sounds wonderful because the owner maybe paid a uh, hundred thousand back in the day, but you just made a point. It's worth 10, 15 million when they're done with it. Right, um, done. when they're done with that new area, woo. Yeah. And so we're celebrating a million. Woohoo! And they're like, that's it. That's all you wanted. <laughs> and, and that's the that's the effects that I get. Amazing effects when I do my presentations around the country and I'm talking to people and I have so many people who embarrassingly approach me after the class is over and, and almost with a tear in their eye saying, TJ, I, I wish I would have known you four years ago. Now mm -hmm. I sold my land. My grandma left me. I sold that house across the street from that university. I sold my house, that piece of land over here in the middle of the city. I sold. And the next thing you know, I came back by there two years later and it's worth five times what I sold for it. I feel absolutely stupid for selling it. I wish I, I wish I wish I wish. I wish that you would have been there to say this then. People will be sitting in my meetings crying, Lisa. They will be, can you imagine you're giving a presentation and you're trying to empower people? I'm sitting there trying to empower people and people are crying because they realize they just sold. I had a gentleman who jumped up in the middle of my presentation and ran out. And I'm like, oh, wow, what did I say? I hope I, you know, what did I say wrong? After the meeting, he came back in and said he did not know that this major corporation that tariffs affected him 
and he, he was in escrow to sell his house. And they had just counter offered him and he was about to accept the counter. But that was the loop that he needed to cancel the sale. He didn't have to do anything, you know. So he ran out immediately to go call his agent and said, don't take it. Did you fax it over yet? No. Well, don't send it. Cancel the sale. <laughs> wow. But, but did the wow. real estate agent want to do it? No. Because the real estate agent was about to make ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So of course he had a little. Well, you know, you might want to go ahead and you know let it go through, you know. And it's like this is why I tell people, you know, it's 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 uh it's very sad, but it's amazing out here right now. The opportunities, you know. So if we could just roll the rest of the people into that opportunity, so we can see it. What's really going on and say, maybe you can hold off on that brand new Mercedes and let's go over here and pick up some real estate. You know, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough uh, uh, good credit. Well, maybe not in Los Angeles, California at 750 median prices, but maybe in Atlanta, maybe in Alabama, maybe in Texas or something like that. You know, you go to Jamaica every year. You go on these mm -hmm. amazing vacations and you do travel, right? So why not travel to another state and buy? I'm sure I'm almost I don't even know you, but I can guarantee you, you know, someone that's moved to Georgia that can help you out and point you in the right direction of some cities or something like that. That can tell you about Louisiana, that can tell you about Alabama, Mississippi or all of these new cities, old states that are now getting all these new corporations moving there because of tariffs. You know, it's just amazing out here. So. We just have to restructure. But, you know, another big thing I'm rolling people to is so many of our college graduates saying we can't find work or I had to take this job just for now or I had to become a, a school teacher making forty thousand dollars. But I have a doctorate, you know, so they're like, well, this is all I could do. I didn't know anything else. And I'm like, young man, let me tell you something. You can take that skill. I mean, you can go get you a trade real fast and learn how to be a, a, a hang a ceiling fan. Learn how to put this microwave up on this wall, you know, put these cabinets up. Why is that? Because the higher the home price, the higher the labor to repair the homes. And the higher the labor to repair the homes, the wealthier the tradesman becomes who does the repairing. You hear what I'm saying? You can't turn I'm around and charge a person. You can't charge a person with a with a two million dollar house a hundred dollars to hang a ceiling fan up, Lisa. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> what happens when Jay Z and Beyonce calls you and says, "Lisa, I have a solid gold toilet that's worth a million dollars. There's only two in the country in the world, and and my it's not flushing. Do you know a plumber? <laughs> you can't charge a person with a million dollar toilet." A hundred dollars to come put his solid gold chain back on. You better try like twenty eight hundred dollars for uh to come out and look because you know the house is worth eighty eight million. You know, so these are things that we are sleeping on because we are taught, we are programmed. Leave these trades alone. These mm. trades are making a killing, or just is is um like this home that I'm in right now, big giant, amazing, beautiful home. And I'd be personally, I'd be scared to call anybody over here to work on anything. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because it's just the zip mm -hmm. code is not going to look right. They're going to want to charge people up. But I'm looking at these guys coming in. And, and I'm, the other day I'm in Louisiana in the attic of, a, uh, of another big old giant house a friend of mine just bought, right? 
I asked the guy, I said, how much did it cost to put this air conditioning system in here? And he said, oh, about 60000 I said, oh, okay, what do the materials cost? He said, about 3000 <laughs> I said, what? Mm. I was like, okay. Oh, they are making money hand over fist. And there's not enough people to do these to do the labor. There's not enough people to come in here and add on the bedroom. There's not enough people to come in here and hang 14 ceiling fans in this big house. There's not enough people to come out here and hang 14 TVs in all these different rooms throughout the house. You know what I mean? The electrical, the, electrical, the AV. And this is exactly why this, by the way, this is exactly why TJ and I get along. I'm a proponent of education. I'm a proponent of people thriving. Um, and however, I have been very clear uh, and really inspired out of my own daughter because she was clear she didn't want to go to college. And there were a lot more, there are a lot more children that don't want to go to college. And as a matter of fact, there was a study that was released that the United States is at risk right now in terms of its growth because we don't have enough entrepreneurs. Right. Right. We, you, the United States is at risk in terms of growth. I'll say that again for the people in the back, because we don't have enough entrepreneurs to create new jobs, new money, right. new opportunity. And one right. thing about what we share in real estate, and this is what we do through our nonprofit is we, we show them all the different trades in real estate, not just the realtor, super agent, the agent, the professional, not just that role, but exactly what TJ touched on. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm bringing on a young man who just started his junk removal business. He said, right. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. I said, brother, I'm here for this. I right. said, as a matter of fact, I want you on my show. Dump truck said, business is major. He said, and that's what he told me. He said, do you know the profit margins are sick? He said, the profit Dump margins are sick. Major. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm dealing with that right now. I'm like, man, I want to gut this house out. Come get this crap out of here. And first person, that's all I'm thinking about is the dump truck. But they like, oh, I can't get to you for another six weeks. You hear what I just said? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here with four or five thousand dollars waiting on you to name your price, but you can't get to me for another six weeks. I need this out of here tomorrow morning at the latest. You know what I mean? So now if you're going to charge me five thousand, I know I got to wait six weeks. How much is it going to cost me to be here tomorrow morning? You hear what I'm saying? I'm willing to pay extra money because you're going to mess with my bottom line. So, yes, to, to that young man, thumbs up. Please get multiple dump trucks and connect with these developers, these these rehabbers, these flippers. You know, they all need these dump trucks and these these low boy bins to come bust up some concrete, take away the concrete. You know, it's just amazing right now. It's so that, much opportunity. Excuse so me. much opportunity. And with that, I added and I said to him, and for those of you listening to exactly what TJ and I sh are sharing about in terms of opportunity, listen carefully. The trades and the work done has to be done locally. What does that mean? It cannot be outsourced. There's no yep. magic. So yep. No one's going to snap their finger and install electrical, plumbing, roofing, drywall, lay down the flooring, the concrete, the asphalt, the landscape. It's remove the junk inspections on and on and on that that doesn't come by a phone call, a customer service phone call or somebody who's going to guide you through on video. That means it has to be locally done, which what that's opportunity. But we've got to position ourselves 
to be willing to go learn the trades, get certified, get bonded, get what we need in order or work or partner with somebody who is licensed, has their bond, may not be using it and you and, and work with them, collaborate with them to create these opportunities. So I feel, you know, I mean, yeah, we see, we're talking about building right here. I don't know if people were ready for this today on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> we we got to get them ready. You know, uh, like you said, there's not enough entrepreneurs. It's so much opportunity out here. When you see, let's talk about pathways. When you are a tradesman and you're over here clearing the house as a, a dump truck owner or you're over here hanging the ceiling fan, you get to a point where you realize there's an easier way to do this. There's a faster way to make that truck dump that bed. There's a, you know, a, a, a something I could do to make this truck ride better with a full load on it. These are called ideas. These are called, now you're talking about patents, trademarks, copyrights, intellectual property, because you just came up with a better way to make this truck ride better. You came up with a, a newer shock or you came up with a new foam for the seat. And guess what? This is a $20 billion industry. So there's over 10 million of these trucks worldwide, hypothetically speaking. What happens if 10 million of those trucks decide, I need that new comfortable seat that that, that African-American man in, in Los Angeles just came up with that he wants uh, $15.99 for? You got 10 million people want one. This is how billionaires and trillionaires are made every That's month. It's marketing to the masses, serving the needs and marketing to the masses. This is the mind that we, this is the mindset we should be thinking about. Um, everyone's looking for that one pot of gold, but this is how companies like Walmart wins by, by charging 88 cents. Look at the 99 cent right. store, the dollar store. These are, this is marketing and selling to the masses. You guys, um, Steve said, yes, that they're free trainings for the youth to learn these um, uh, trades. They all teach the apprenticeships. Um, and that's right. We've just got to make sure we advocate and, and really show them the end game. Right now, if yeah. they're not in that circle and arena, because right now between social media and TV, you don't, it, it's, not, it's not hype right now. I will say what has happened, kudos to social media and the people pushing the trucking game, I see more young brothers buying trucks. Yeah, we've been buying trucks for years, though, because back in uh, 2000, 2001, when I was building in Palmdale, California city areas, I was going through the same things. And luckily, I, I told a lot of my buddies, hey, you need to go buy a dump truck. And when you start talking numbers with people, when you start talking numbers, hey, they're charging $4,000 to come do a clean out. They're telling me it's going to take three weeks before they can come do mines. If you, I know about 10 or 15 people who, who right now needs the service. And the next thing you know, someone goes out and starts buying them. In two or three years, this guy's going to be a millionaire before the market crashes because he's going to be swamped. And right yeah. now, we do not have enough people to do the work. And right now, we're doing amazing situations. If you tell me I'm buying this little house here in Atlanta or in L.A. that was worth 100000 it's a little shack, three bedroom, one bath, 1,200 square feet, is literally about to fall down. You tell me, oh, I want to do a clean out and I'm going to put up a, 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 a 1,800 square foot. It's like, oh, OK, cool. But if you tell me I'm going to tear this 1,200 square foot down and put up a 5,500 story house up here, then you're dealing with a different person that's willing. This this person may have come from 
Malibu or something. He's shopping for a higher market and he's willing to pay more money. He wants it done now. So you're not going to charge him five thousand bucks. You're going to charge him like more like eight or nine thousand, hypothetically speaking. And this is the things that I have to tell people. These people are coming from Beverly Hills, Malibu, because they they sold their houses. Now they're moving down below, buying smaller lots in bigger in newer areas, closer in to where that they can turn around and build custom homes. And you can't tell this guy who wants to put up a nice gate with his initials on it in front of the house. You can't tell him a couple thousand dollars to weld him a gate. <laughs> he's go. He's thinking in front of my Beverly Hills house, it cost me thirty thousand dollars. Now this guy's telling me fifteen hundred. Something's wrong. Maybe he's I'm not going to do, do it the right way. Fifteen hundred. No, have to call somebody else. <laughs> that's why I teach people in my training classes. Don't just go in quoting prices. Ask them where are you from. You know, oh, really? You're from Beverly Hills and you're moving to Compton? You're from you're from Marietta and you're moving to Atlanta? Really? Okay. What did you have when you got it? Oh, you sold your house for a couple million and now you're going to tear this down and put up a 55 for, for uh, you know, 900000 and keep the rest? <laughs> I got a so, different price for you, sir. And and you know what? As 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 maybe harsh or you guys you know you guys may be saying man that's that's kind of whatever your position in terms of ethical or not um let's equate this with i'm just i want to i want to hold this in perspective for people in terms of rate and what you're charging let's put this in perspective uh tj this will resonate with you um cars work to repair a bends versus a Honda. Right. <laughs> right. It's making making model right. luxury is different. Change the, the spark. Is doing a, I'm changing the oil. I'm changing the brakes. Um uh I'm flushing the transmission. I need to um change the control arms, upper arms, whatever it is, if depending on the make, model and year of the car, oh it's gonna be a different price. It's not the same clear car. It depends on the make and model. And that's what people don't understand. Bugatti's a three million dollar car. Maintenance on a on a on that Bugatti is three hundred thousand dollars a year. Whether if you drive it or not, it's still three hundred thousand mm. dollars. You bring it in, it's gonna be three hundred thousand dollars for a year to maintain a Bugatti. Well, guess what? When I pop the hood, I see spark plugs. I see, <laughs> you know, I see the same thing. I see oil, you know what I'm saying? So, but guess what? They're saying we're catering to a higher-end luxury clientele, so we cannot charge them regular prices. You know why? Because we don't want them no way, no how, thinking that it's just another car. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this. Let's let's break that down. I had a friend of mine. So he had a. Uh, I tell the story all the time. He had a ninety thousand dollar Lexus, hundred thousand dollar Lexus, or whatever. The tail light was out. Brand new car. The tail light was out. I said. He said, TJ, can you follow me to get a rental car so that I can drop it off at Lexus so that they can put a new fixed taillight? I said, how about you follow me to, to uh, 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 what do you call that place? The AutoZone, right? <laughs> he like, no, they don't. So TJ, he, he looked at me in pure disgust as in, you idiot. Come on, man. You know, see, this is, see, this is the problem with people like you, TJ. You don't have the money that I have. This is what he's thinking. You don't have the money that I have. So you wouldn't know that this car is a Lexus. It's high-end stuff. They don't sell that stuff there. Fast forward the story. I told him, I said, look, just follow me over there. 
I swapped that light bulb out, and the light bulb came on, and he looked at me crazy. I mean, I, I let me rephr- let me rephrase it. I put that five dollar light bulb in his car <laughs> in less than ten minutes, and his light started working. But let me tell you what he did. I know what he did. I know what he did. He was so shocked that it worked, but he mm. knew something was wrong with it. So I can almost guarantee you, when he left me, he went and took it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't want, he didn't feel comfortable knowing that he'd already called Lexus and they quoted him as about nine hundred dollars or something crazy. Oh, yeah, we per- got to put the light on and check it first. We, how do you know it's the bug? We need to check it. You know. <laughs> and perfect example to that. See, look, I can, we can we can give examples, but I I think what TJ made was a perfect perspective in terms of doing business and knowing your clientele and knowing your product. Another perfect example of that in terms of product and price is ink for printers. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, don't use any of our, don't use any of the aftermarket or off brand brand. It's not going to work. It's we can't, right. we can't right. uh, uh, maintain the warranty on your printer. If you right. go out and put a non-branded printer uh, ink in the printer, but right. some of you, me, sometimes do it anyway, and it prints fine. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But now they got these smart printers that know this is not, it will tell you this is not. <laughs> and it won't print. And now it won't print. Right. If you put because printer, it doesn't have that special little there. button on there that we it triggers. It doesn't have that little piece of metal in there that the sole purpose of it is to say this is not a Canon inkjet. That's it. Mm-hmm. But if that button wasn't there, it would work perfect, you know, but it's but it's, it's stuff like that all the time. But my point is, it's not we're not here to gouge people. We're just here to keep people in business is what I'm trying to say. I see a lot of people going out of business and they're thinking people don't want to spend the money. I said, no, you're dealing with a higher clientele now. You're dealing with people who got money now, more money in there. You can't think that, oh, just because all your friends are struggling here in Los Angeles or here in Atlanta, that these new people coming in, the gentrifiers are struggling. It doesn't work. It's not it's not working like that because it's raining money where they're coming from because they're building houses. They're they're moving in key locations where areas that are being gentrified buy low and they're selling high. They don't go in thinking I want something with granite. I just want something with granite. You know, they're looking for something that's in a fast growing neighborhood. Oh, you say Tesla just moved over there? Uh, SpaceX just moved in that area? Yes, I'll take a house over there. What do they have left? Just give me anything in that area. We're like, oh, no, it doesn't have granite. <laughs> I don't want it. It doesn't have, oh, no, I got to have a three bedroom. Well, see, we have to, this is why I teach these training classes to educate people on what does it take. Don't take, instead of taking the, uh, I'm here in Atlanta, so I want to talk about it. Instead of taking the big giant house out here in Conyers, hypothetically speaking, for 340, you can go out here in Conyers and get this big giant 4,800 square foot house on an acre for 340. But if you come into town, into Atlanta, you can get for 340 every bit of 1,600 square feet, totally brand new remodeled. I mean, remodeled and updated. And people are like, well, that's a stupid investment. No, I want something. I want the big house in Conyers. No, it's not the better investment. The better investment is the smaller house near the airport. This is where everybody wants to be. So people are not recognizing it. That's so fascinating that you brought that up because 
when I go, so there's one gal, shout out to my sis Tiff. I actually connected with her today. She bought a property that's literally 10 minutes from the airport. Not the best pocket right now, but I told her, I said, yo, sis, hold on. <laughs> I said, you guys kind of haven't figured that part about airports and being yeah. able to be in and right. out and how, how that's significant to travel. Right. Um, especially right. if you walk through ATL and see that big tent and balloon in the ATL airport, that should tell you something. Yep. Look yep. for those signs. Look for development yep. signs. Right now, um, I actually just, uh, Steve, if you're still listening, uh, I want to talk to you. I just picked up two two storefront retail buildings uh, on Florence in LA near Crenshaw. What's happening? They're tearing down the buildings and throwing up multifamily. Why? Because we are 15 minutes from the stadium. We're 10 minutes from the Crenshaw LAX rail light rail project. Exactly. You know, and you know, it's 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 a whole conversation. And like I said, I'm starting. They're not ready. They weren't ready for what? They weren't ready for this on a Wednesday. Right. <laughs> you know what? Uh, this this weekend, I'll be at uh, the Liberated Minds Homeschoolers Conference, and I'm speaking to our babies and their parents. Yay. This is like they're like TJ. We love what you're doing. We love that you got your workbook out, and and we're we got babies reading the workbook. Five years old, seven years old, twelve years old, fifteen, and parents are saying TJ. Thank you. Somebody, I had a mom approach me at Juneteenth when I spoke the other day, and she said, TJ, thank you. You came out to my baby's school and spoke, and my baby, my seven-year-old, came home and told me, Mom, we don't need a big, giant house that's far away from the airport. We need something smaller that's going to make you some money. You know what I'm saying? We don't really need a big house because it called, it, it's like they recited word per word in in and common sense to mom and mom, we're going to make more money off of this house because it's, it's closer to everything. And it's like now a seven-year-old gets it. If a seven-year-old is getting it with the right information, what is this seven-year-old going to be doing at 17? We can ensure and trust that these young people will not make the mistakes that we made. You know, no, you don't want the, uh, the uh, adjustable rate mortgage anymore. You want something that's fixed. You know, no, you don't want to. You know, it's just so many things. So the parents are saying, TJ, teach me this game now. TJ, let me get a copy of the book. I can't have my seven-year-old smarter than me because I didn't know any of this. I was just looking for something that was big and nice. You know, and I'm like, right. we got to come off of our emotions and just come down to the common sense of learning what an investment really looks like. So like I said, this weekend, I'm so proud and honored. You know, I speak to a lot of people, but... This year, I get to at this this weekend. I'm going to be speaking to the babies, Liberated Minds Homeschoolers Conference. Lisa, you was with me when we went to the Compton School District, right? And it took yeah. a lot to get in there to talk to them, and then they never invited me back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like what uh -huh. you're talking about is too too far ahead of us. It doesn't. Ah, uh, we get it. We get it. But we're not going to get funding for that, TJ. You're not talking about college. You're not talking about the things right. that we want them to go to. But the homeschooler said, TJ, this is real world information. Can you come and speak? We need you to speak Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because we want you to let everybody know what's going on. And that is powerful when someone else gets it and says, come in there. We want to teach our young people so that they won't make the same mistakes we made. 
We got all our young people reading your workbook and they're coming home having conversations about real estate, talking about which when they get successful from playing football or whatever, they really don't have to play football. They can just invest in real estate and have the same kind of money. It's just like the babies are having this conversation. Mom, I don't want to play football. I want to just start buying land right now. Buy me some land. Don't buy me an iPhone, mom. You know what I'm saying? Dad, I don't want an a, a, a iPhone. Can you just put buy me a piece of land in a fast-growing area? This is our babies was, talking now because the parents are saying, give them the right information. And that's right. just that's a, great that's a great pivot. I'm really, really happy that you're doing that because uh, it's, it's what I call sparks an intergenerational conversation which is much needed. You have the generations before, the older and the younger, now collectively learning together and they're learning something that is important, that is applicable to their lives. One of the things that I wanna acknowledge here as well when you talk about the school district, cause that is very real. For those of you who uh, constantly say to me, Lisa, um, you need to be in the schools, you need to be in the schools. I have, and TJ was actually part of this with me. When we first came out with Real Estate 100, the book, before I even had a whole curriculum mapped out and workbook, and now it's evolved. When we first started this, TJ, um, didn't we didn't we get the pushback? Just like you said, every single school, I went to every single school in the underrepresented, underserved communities. Uh, principals said, no, they're not ready. Um, counselors, I mean, a whole bunch of folks that were not progressive to receive this, um, which is why I go and I tell people, you know, I say, we would love to have this. And I say to them, great, bring me in, right. bring us in. Right. You, go, you make it I right. go and I make it very easy. I know like you do too, TJ, I go where I am wanted. Right. Right. Where I'm invited to actually. Where I'm invited is there's too many people out here for me to be running and spinning and chasing my tail to get into a, a school, a district, a community, an organization or center when there's so many that says, yes, we will bring you out here. Yes, we want you to be a part of this. And right. I'm okay. I'm completely patient. Like I said, when I first started this, I taught three students. Last summer, I taught 76 students in Atlanta. That was in Atlanta. That has yet to happen in L.A., where I'm from, right. where I'm known as right. L.A. super agent, TJ. Right. Atlanta is, more, Atlanta is more open because they're seeing the real, the real pain to where the college students are even failing. You know, it's like very realistic out here. It's like they invited me out to Morehouse College and they wanted to debate me before you know, a couple of years ago and, and, you know, cause I was talking about talking bad about college. I'm like, you guys aren't producing anything. What, what mm. other, what are, what are you doing? Before, other yeah. than, oh, I graduated from Morehouse. I graduated from Howard and I'm supposed to just stop and, you know, there's some following questions. Okay. Do you own a home? No. Do you own an apartment building or something? No. Then why am I supposed to worship you and put my head down and praise you because you went to this prestigious black university if this prestigious black university is not teaching you home ownership is not teaching you entrepreneurship then we have nothing to say to each other you know mm -hmm. i mean because you don't get it but here's the problem about that these are the same people that are teaching our babies now they're mm -hmm. the teachers now 
These college students that are graduating from these schools are now teaching at these other kindergartners, these K through 12 and, and, and things like that. So how are they going to take a real estate 100 program or a TJ's toolbox into their school knowing they don't want these young people learning something that they don't know, something that they never learned, you know, and that's unfortunate that they feel that way. You know, they don't I, want I this, this, this yeah. young person asking them about a question that they, and the teacher goes, oh, no, I don't own a house. I'm sorry. You're teaching me, teacher, about real estate, but you don't even own a home. You know, little kids are un they're un they're unforgiving. They don't have filters on. <laughs> you know, little kids like you don't own a yeah. house. <laughs> You're right. You're right. They are holding me to um, my ability to fly because I show up in super agent with my cape. So you know, I get asked a lot. So you can fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> they want to see me fly, and I tell right. right now. I told I told my class. I'm teaching my class on Monday. I said it's too hot to fly. I got to preserve my energy. <laughs> right. There you go. You know, said that's how I'm able to come here and talk to you guys. Right. Yeah. But exactly. You know. But. What you're saying is you definitely hitting on the nail. Like I said, you you definitely pop some bubbles and you hurting some feelings. Uh, but the truth is the truth. It needs to be shared. It needs to be heard because I've said this before. Rethink education in the same context. I had said rethink FICO. People are keep going. They keep going after this. These I got to do all this for FICO scores. You know what I say? Just go work with a lender that's going to create a FICO score for, with you through non-traditional sources. You got a utility bill, right? You got right. car insurance, right? You paying rent, right? They can create FICO. But because nobody's out here educating our people on non-traditional forms of credit, everybody's out here getting suckered and signed up to these credit programs that they're paying for instead of just going and learning directly from the creditor and the person who provides financing. What do I need to do? What do I need to clean up? What is the number? What is it going to take me to get the money? You know, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the, 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 what do they say? The chicken has come home to roost. Is that, is that a good, remember that saying there? And, and it's, so, um, you know, I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very nosy. I ask a lot of questions and I'm asking, okay, Instagram, you about to cut off, but I'm going to reset you. So come on back on. But, uh, in a minute and a half, a couple minutes, actually. What I realized was I, I asked, I talk a lot and I ask a lot of questions when I see things that don't make sense to me. So I asked, the, uh, I asked some homeless people, I said, what is going on? Why are you guys homeless? Because I noticed, I said, a homeless person would normally have a box and some covers over the box, right? But I start noticing tents. I'm like, what's up with these brand new tents that's out here? And are they giving tents away or something? They're like, put their head down, said, no, those are the people with jobs. I said, what? Uh. They said, those are the people with jobs. They're coming out here. That's the new That's the new class of homeless. The people uh. who get up every morning with their children, the husband, the wife, and two children sleep in a tent under the freeway somewhere with homeless people, and they go get up and go to 24-hour fitness and take a shower and then change clothes and drop the children off at school and go to work. That's the new. And these are some of these people. A lot of these people are degreed people. That's the part people are not talking about. But, you know, what really bothered me even more so than seeing a whole family out there on under the freeway, you know, with a job is what bothered me is the other day I was in Louisiana and I was leaving. I was trying to get out of Louisiana before the storm hit in New Orleans. 
And all of a sudden, I remember seeing this is where those people were. Now I'm seeing tents floating by. You hear what mm -hmm. I say? I'm seeing tents floating by and I'm feeling bad. Like, wow. You know, the storm, I almost didn't get out of Louisiana. I'm telling you, it was flooded. Everything was getting canceled. I was going to take a flight. It got canceled. So I said, I'll take the bus. It got canceled. And then everything was canceled all the way up until like six o'clock in the evening. So I ended up flying out at an exuberant price, you know what I'm saying, just, just to get out of there. So I'm just thinking about what about all of those homeless people that was living under the freeway? Where are they? You know, so we got some problem things that we got to deal with. And these people are educated, too. These are educated people saying, I got my degree, but I couldn't find a job. So now I'm teaching and I'm only making $40,000 a year. But I'm, some of that 40 is going to my student loans. I owe $100,000 in student loans. So now I don't really make 40000 because they're taking out another thousand, hypothetically speaking, you know. So it's just things like that we got to talk about. But why are we still these people thinking they got to go back to school to get more education? But yet when I'm dealing with these developers, and when I'm dealing with these houses and I'm dealing with these homeowners, they're like, TJ, I can't find nobody to help me. They're crying foul mm. now. They're crying foul. And, and look at me. If you look at my Facebook page, you'll see me. I'm going over people's houses and they're like, yeah, TJ, I just bought this big giant house like I'm in now and I need someone to fix this microwave. I need somebody to rehang it. And it's been broken for a year now since I got the house. I don't know what I did. I broke it, but I can't get anyone to come over here and fix it affordably. I'm like, huh, what'd they quote you? <laughs> you know, and I'm just thinking like, I ain't got time to do this. But when they tell me $300, I'm like, it's three screws, <laughs> four screws. I'll fix it. Give me a couple hundred. I'll fix it for you. I'm on the rooftops of people's. So now it's opening the door for me to say, okay, well, I'm not really doing anything for the next few hours. So I'd love to make that $600 if that's okay with you. You feel me, Lise? For two hours, $600 to come over and, you know, my friend's about to buy a dryer, a brand new dryer for $1,000 because the brand new one they had is not working. They said it keeps going out. And I'm thinking, did anybody check the vent on the roof? I climb up on the roof, Lisa, and it's clogged up. The vent is clogged up with lint. Right. And it's like I pull the cloth, I unplug it, and the next thing you know, it's back working again. And they're like, wow, you just saved me $1,000. I said, okay, give me my 500 now, you know? And right. it's just crazy. It's crazy out here. It's crazy amounts of money. So that's why I said, let me do some work. Let me make some of this, this trades money because I'm going to dust off my toolkit. You know what I mean? In fact, I'm going to go buy me some new handy dandy in the little suitcase toolbox and keep that with me so that I can make this little money real quick. You know, but it just, I keep thinking to myself of all the parents who don't want their child to learn a trade, of all the parents who don't think it's their child is going to be okay. Because they uh, only know how to do plumbing or something, or they only know how to hang ceiling fans. But I just want to say, people who know how to hang ceiling fans are making good money. People who know how to do plumbing, people who know how to do hang TVs on the wall, people who know how to hang doors, all of this stuff. People are fixing dryers. People are riding around finding vacuums in front of your house, and you don't realize that it's just clogged up. That's why it's not working. So you throw it out on the street and throw it away, and you see the guy picks it up and throws it in the back of his truck. And you're looking at him crazy, but this guy goes and takes the unclog it and sells it for 50 bucks. You know, and it's things like that. I'm just sitting there thinking this makes no sense where we see money in our faces, but it doesn't look appealing.
Just because mm-hmm. they don't have a suit and tie on doesn't mean they don't have any money. You know, so this is the things that I teach people. This is the things that I talk about in the back of my book. You know, and people are starting to realize it's very controversial in that book. I say things like my, my gardener make more money than you. You know, and, my, and these college students, because when you once when you want some work done to your house, like these houses here, this neighborhood is a brand new neighborhood. People are over here dropping swimming pools. People are ordering palm trees. People are wanting, you know, thousands of dollars in concrete around their pools. People are buying brand new, nice $3,000 chair sets to sit on their backyard patio around the pool. And I'm just amazed, like, wow. It's a lot New of money, money being spent, you know? New money is what we call it, and that's what real estate brings. Uh, yeah. TJ, please go ahead and shout out um, where to pick up a copy at your book. I know you are a supporter. This is even something that you've told me about, and you're a supporter of, um, you know, you're a proponent of uh, Black ownership all around. That's all day, even, every day. Include, including bookstores, and this has been a very yeah. huge thing for you that you said, I don't really need to be on Amazon. I could just market my book to all the black owned bookstores across the country, support their efforts. And I win, they win, the community wins. So go ahead and drop, you know, where where can people pick up a copy of your release, uh, Monetizing Gentrification, Building Black Ownership? They can pick that copy or pick up a copy off my website at Thomas T J Lofton L O F T I N dot com. Again, Thomas T J Lofton dot com. They can go on my website, and that's one of the first things that's going to pop up, and just click purchase. It'll be thirty one ninety five to your door. If you're out of the country, send me a, a inbox with the details, and I will give you a price for it of what it would cost to get you to the UK, etc. You know, it'll be most likely twenty five additional dollars or something like that, but. Other than that, you can cash at me, money sign, Thomas T.J. Lofton, uh, $31.95 to your door in America. Uh, if you're interested in me coming out speaking or something because of the book and you want someone to speak, on, an expert to speak on gentrification, you can go to my website to book me, booking, and uh, or call me at 310-619-3954. Again, 310-619-3954. Other than that, it's in uh, various bookstores around the country as well. I appreciate you, Lisa. I appreciate you, man. This is, look, I want to clap. I don't have sound effects, but I'm a clap. (laughs) I'm a clap. I'm a clap. I feel like this, I feel like we were able to achieve uh, something today. And the last time, the first time you came on, which again, I knew would not be the last time because we have both grown tremendously in our in our um, in our activism and in our advocacy, and we've been watching real estate, uh, just kind of having real estate conversations every day. You definitely turn me on to some pockets, uh, and you know, I'm, I mean, there we could just go on and on. I just figured right. we need to wrap this up. Because this is what you and I do for a living. We and we we eat, breathe, sleep this, and we wake up. And you sending me a message. I'm saying sending you a message. Literally, like this is for real. This is how TJ and I get down every day. He's sending me a video, an article, a post. We're conversing about this. We right. are both on a speaking right. circuit. We, you know, we we're cross promoting, and that's what it needs to be. It just needs to be more about that. When you talk about group economics, 
that's what it needs to be. It needs to be about putting somebody else on. You know what? I want to say something before we get off. I want everybody to know that I am in a, I'm I'm currently in Atlanta, Georgia right now. So it is 1142 out here. Lisa called me at the last minute and asked me to do this. And so if I'm not really with y'all and if I didn't say something that I should have said, I'll, y'all forgive me for that because it, it is late out here, 1144. But one thing I did want to say that came to mind is I'm doing trainings now. You know, we got a lot of people who come from California that's moving to the East Coast or down south. And I'm in Atlanta, for example. This is one of the number one relocated spots for people who are being gentrified or looking for something more affordable in life. So they're moving to Georgia and all over the country. Real estate agents are being taught that if a person comes from California, do not bring them to Atlanta. Do not show them Atlanta, Georgia, meaning like saying Los Angeles, for example, bring them to Palmdale, California, bring them to Riverside, California, bring them to Moreno Valley. Because why is that? Because they don't want you selling your house in California for seven hundred thousand and then moving to Georgia and coming into Atlanta into this historically black neighborhood and picking you up a nice house for a three thousand square foot house sitting on an acre for two twenty. They don't want you doing that. They want you to turn around and go out to Conyers or Marietta and get you a three-story, four-story townhouse for five ninety-five, for six fifty or something like that. And then now you turn around buying a bunch of things, you know, wooden drapes and shutters and all these things when you can get all that on an older house for cheaper. You know, they don't want you coming out here saying, "Wow, I just bought this amazing house for two twenty. Now I guess I got an extra five hundred thousand. Maybe I can start a business, or maybe I can finance some some young person startup." Or Lisa, what what would it take to get this real estate one hundred movement going international? Oh, 50,000, 100,000. Oh, I got that. That's no problem. You know, how can we save more young people's lives? So that's why they're planning games. I know some of my listeners sitting on a couple hundred. You know, you need tax write-offs. We welcome. We're trying to get our pro. We're not trying. We are scheduled to get our fall program going. And it's something as small as $10,000 to impact 40 students. That's middle school and high school to plant the seed of real estate. I am so, so real about this, TJ. They got to support you. you. They got to support us. I am so, so real about this. I think people, let me say this too, and I'll say this here as we're discussing this. It's so funny that people say what they want to see more of, but here I am doing it. I'm self-funding. I'm paying for this stuff. Right. And, And you know what? I appreciate the people who recognize what we're doing and I have so many people inboxing me, asking me, what's your cash app, TJ? And at first I was like, why? You know, like go to the website and get the book. They're like, no, I, I appreciated what you said. So I want to cash app you some money. And that's how I went and got me a cash app. So now it's like people are asking me, what's your, why don't you put your cash app in your lives or something? And it's I'm because you. people want to help, you know? Right. So, you know, so for those who... Right. I yeah, I mean, five dollars like helps. So there's, just there's because, just small because circle. we're on on Facebook lives talking about uh, 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 this house with a hundred thousand, a million dollars, that don't mean we got it like that. That we can afford, you know, helping saving lives and teaching people the real information can be very expensive. So even if right. I had a million dollars to my name in my savings account, trust me, doing the work we doing, we can run through that at the blink of an eye. So every little $5, $10 help. 
So I appreciate the people who recognize these two are doing great work. Let me send them 10 bucks. Let me. So I had a, a good some people lately. I've been seeing some real good investors coming in saying, TJ, I want give me 40 books. And I want you to uh, give them to the people at the, at your next event. Someone yeah. called me and said, TJ, I want to buy 100 books. Where do I uh, send you the money to? And I want you to uh, give them to the school over here. And I'm like, wow, I appreciate when people get it. He's like, I just read your book. So now I want you to I want to donate 100 books to this local school by my house because my neighborhood is being gentrified. And you put a lot of solutions in that book. So when people do that, it's like we can't talk about it and complain about these young people aren't smart. These young people are doing walking with their pants down. But you got the means to help them. You have the power of the pen that you can write a check. You can cash app. You can do something and say or you can make a phone call and say, can you get Lisa into this university? I want Lisa to speak next time. I'm tired of this guy here. He's not giving solutions. Let's bring in Lisa or let's bring in TJ and give them the money to uh, come in here and speak. That's what we need for our, our followers to do. You know, we got to get involved. We can't just sit back and think, oh, well, TJ and Lisa got it all figured out. They're always doing lives. No, it's we I, we have gotten this far because we trade information. Someone tells me something. I call Lisa and tell Lisa. Someone tells Lisa something. Lisa inbox me and say, you need this here, TJ. And this is because someone gave us the information. Somebody you know, put so us we on. Need, yeah, we need more people to continue to help us so we can help you. Help us help you. You know what I'm saying? I tell us the things that we need to know. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, I mean, it's simply buying a book. Buying a buying bunch of books book. will help Absolutely. because whole I go to schools and I feel bad walking out of there knowing that them 73 students should have got a book. You know what I mean? Fact. Fact. I feel like Fact. you, you hearing the horror stories, these lump people get up and tell these stories of bad things that's going on and they don't have any money and, and they're 14 years old. They're not going to see college for another four years, five years from now. They're like, I need to eat today. I don't know what can I do. But yet here I am with the solutions in the back of my book. I can't afford to just here go four cases of books every school I go to. So it's great when a when a, a sponsor picks up and say, you know what, here's ten thousand dollars. I need you to give all these schools some books on your tour to TJ or Lisa. You know, let's help each other so we can all help the community and we can just feel good about what we're doing. You know, but don't get me started. It's late. <laughs> I look. You know, you both, we both do this, but I, I, I think it was great. I think that was the first time um, I've shared that perspective. It allowed you, it also allowed you someone also who's doing positive work to share that perspective because one of the things that I see amongst various communities is that support, that group economics is happening. It's a no brainer for other groups. Right. We have been screaming, complaining and saying what we want and, and we wish I had, I wish, I got a whole real estate curriculum. I got right. a whole real estate curriculum. I'm self-funding. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, to educate right. our children. Right. I'm in the and industry. So, so what it does, and let me say this, this is not Lisa complaining because you know what I do? I hustle to sell more property so I can put back into the nonprofit. Everybody like knows it. me, knows that I, like I sell it. real estate. When you do business with me, you're helping me support children in learning real estate literacy. I'm very and clear it, about that. 
it, isn't it powerful when someone comes to you and say, I'm buying the house from you because I know you're going to do something right with the money. I know you're going to do I something good that. to help the community. I bought something from you. I bought something from you because I know what you, I see you out there putting the work in the community. So that's why I'm buying these from you, TJ. I be loving when people recognize and, and they get it, you know, it's called keeping the money in the community, you know. I appreciate seeing when people do that type of stuff, you know, so your business will help the community when you do business with us, you know, because I, I, I say I don't we don't have to explain what we're doing. All you have to do is just look at the Facebook post, look at the <laughs> look at the YouTube pages. You'll see we are doing the work. And Putting in the work. Assume, yeah, every penny helps. Everything helps. Someone calls me and tells me, TJ, here's a new app you should have. I'm like, wow, thank you. This will make it easier. I noticed you didn't have this on your website, just like I told you. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, when you were first starting, I'm like, Lisa, you got to do this. You got to do this. And she's looking at me like, wow, thank you. I wasn't even thinking about doing that, you know, and that's right. just powerful yeah. for each other. We got to continue to help each other. That's why I told you, you know, I have much more success dealing directly with black bookstores, you know, than I did on mm -hmm. Amazon, than you would on Amazon or something. I got... 30 black bookstores across the country telling people about me and my book saying, TJ, come speak at my uh, at this bookstore in, in Louisiana. And I go there and my picture's still in the window from two months ago. <laughs> like, wait a minute. That says that, May 25th and, that's, and that's, we're in July. That's what, that's what group economics looks like. You know, yeah, that's like, exactly what it looks like. We are getting too comfortable with outsourcing. Right. Um, and when we outsource, that's when we leave ourselves without. You know, and, and that's that's the problem. But when we keep the money in the community, it's empowering. You know, it's so powerful when I could just say, Lisa needs some help. Let me just go ahead and write a check for her to get where she needs to be, because we need to fast track that. We need to fast track what she's doing because <laughs> her information is too good. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people tell me, TJ, what you're talking about. I'm going to put you on and let you speak. Because what you're talking about makes sense and people need to hear that. And I'm like, wow, that's a big conference. They just called me and put me on the conference and people asking me, how did you get there? I've been trying to get there for years. But someone saw the value in what I'm talking about and said, we're going to put I you will on. Say that too. I, I will add to that too, TJ, because um, you reminded me of two things and, and we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. But these are true testimonies. I actually helped a woman. Um, I was recognized as um, one of the top, uh, the up and coming top six black influencers. Um, and I spoke at the We We Buy Black convention last year. TJ, do you know, I stayed in contact with one of the attendees. She's from New York. And I successfully got her with a team of professionals to move her estate into a living trust because she was walking around with no living trust and, her, and she lived in the brownstones that are worth a million and something dollars, right? We know yeah. the brownstones are worth a lot. And she texted me the other day and she said, I just want to thank you so much. I want to recommend that you come back out, you know, that you speak again. And that's what it's about. You know, it's real tools. When I got on that stage in Atlanta and I spoke in front of the audience, I wasn't trying to sell systems and tools and packages per se. I said, look, I got a book. I got information. You need a consult. But here's what you need to do. There's three things. There's three things that we need to be doing. Real estate, life, insur life insurance, estate planning. 
Investing, though, we got to invest in some type of business. We got to pay more attention to young people with ideas. It's very important. We got a lot of young people who are coming up with some great ideas, who got ideas for apps, who got ideas like for me. I'm still young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. You look at what we're doing. You know, hey, I can yeah. use, a, you know, last year I did a with a 15 state tour. How many states is it? 50? You know what I mean? I would love for somebody to say, TJ, this information is needed. You know, you need I want to, to sponsor you and get you to all these other states. And hey, you're needed all around the world, you know? And it's, it's like the same to, thing with you. Go to Hawaii. Yeah, everywhere. Hawaii. And they sponsor the trip. That's how we do But that's how it works. People, you don't have to be a professional business person to get a speaker to come to Hawaii or to come to Africa or to come to Jamaica. All it has to do is you have to say, you know what, let me call Lisa or TJ and say, how much does it cost to get you out to Germany or to Africa or to Jamaica? And we're going to say, oh, that's going to take us a week. We'll be gone away from uh, the States for at least three, four days. Oh, 10 grand or something, 15 grand. And you'll probably be like, wow, I thought it was going to be more than that. But I got that. Let's get it going because I want you to come out here and teach that to my people, you know? I meet foreigners all the time that bring me to their houses and I'm sitting in their big home and they got 14 of their cousins and family members and I'm teaching them and they're like, wow, we really need this over in Jamaica. Well, let's make that happen. You have the means to make that happen. Most people don't realize that. That's how it all happens. We don't sit back and wait on a record label to call us or a film company to call us. It's everyday people, mom and pops who got the money that say, let me call up Lisa or TJ and negotiate, figure out what would it take to get them to come out here to Mississippi, to come out here to Florida or whatever it is. Right now I'm in Georgia. People are like, TJ, can you come back to Alabama? Can you come back to Mississippi? You know, how much is it going to cost? And people are so excited that it's so empowering when they come and they hear this information. And now they see that these young people in this school or these people in that, that nonprofit or these people in their area got it now. Nonprofits don't have the money that they need. It takes for you guys to invest and make that happen. You know, you got to pick up the coin and say, let me go ahead and help that local nonprofit because I like what they're doing. Don't always give them the money. Go ahead and book it and make it happen. That's what we got to do because we always have these controversies about, oh, I gave all this money to my church and it never happened or this nonprofit. What's about the people putting that money into the uh, directly into the speaker's hand so we can show up with the books in the uh, knowledge and speak and do the trainings to help these young people turn the towns away around. But what I've come out here to the South Lisa and I started realizing it is bad out here. It is bad. I'm talking, when I say bad, I'm talking about people just don't have no hope. It's like, man, the things that we out here. here, here In um, parts of North Carolina where the teachers are walking out, where the teachers are walking out um, students. I mean, it, it there is a real epidemic happening where we know that um, I'm glad that each one teach one, each one reach one. Uh, we can definitely do each one reach a hundred, each one reach a thousand. Uh, however, it takes us to support one another. And I'm preaching to the choir in terms of the people who are tuning into my show. But for those of you who are, are new to Ready, Set, Real Estate, I want to thank you for tuning in. This was definitely a special broadcast. I want I got to say it was a special broadcast because we we did a light late night segment. Definitely went over the time, but we covered 
so many things from real estate investing to monetizing gentrification to group economics to education and empowerment um, and really planting the seeds for the next generation if we want to counter what is happening with the statistics that is being purported and i say purported proposed presumes assumptions because uh, we see who are doing the work there are real people out here doing positive and amazing things but no. uh you know they do say we they do say that the revolution will not be televised right that part right so. there that part right there everything <laughs> we do don't make it to facebook trust me i just had one of my uh followers on instagram say we got going for the gusto say bro you was giving me and my brother knowledge back in the days on western <laughs> oh. I, love, I ain't been on i think i moved off of, uh, i sold that shop on western in 2000 and what was it 99 or something like that it's 1999 and he said and, and, and see that's that's how you know when you're following your destiny i ha i hated having these guys come in my shop and and bringing me all this money to build these cars and then tell me that they living with their girlfriend on section eight or something you know and it's like she put me out i'm like you owe me thirty thousand, and your girl put you out and you ain't got nowhere to put your car but yet you make enough to buy a home you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I would always tell these guys, don't come back in here until you buy a house. Oh, you don't know anybody that bought that to sell you a house? Let me help you with that. That's I've been doing that my whole life because I see we got to help each other. We can't complain right. about people. We got to drop the knot. So I appreciate that, brother, for reminding me that I've been doing this for a long time before I became a speaker, before I became a coach, before right. I became a trainer. I was a speaker, a coach, and a trainer my whole life, you know? Yeah. So wow. Oh, I appreciate man. that, brother. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that testimony and feedback. And definitely I get inboxed all the time. Um, it fascinates me when people said the youth needs you, keep up the good work. But let me right. say this. Um, I'm quoting somebody, it takes income to make an impact. <laughs> Every movement that we know in terms of the community from civil rights to everything we know today, it took income to make that happen, all right? That's With that right. being said, we are out. Make sure you subscribe, tag and share and repost. Subscribe on radio podcasts everywhere. Uh, it's so funny. I didn't wait for Spotify, Apple, Google, or number, number, none of them to come to me. I found a back door and I ended up on their platform anyway. <laughs> hey, Thomas TJ Lofton on Facebook, Instagram, Yes, uh, and YouTube. Right. Please go to YouTube and subscribe, family. Please go follow me on all my social media. And if you'd like to pick up a copy of Monetizing Gentrification, go to thomastjlofton.com. And simply buying that book is supporting, family. Don't just buy one for you. Buy one for all your family members and friends. I had a buddy of mine tell me the other day he bought 20 for all his nieces and nephews. And you should have looked at their face at the family reunion when he started passing them out. You know? <laughs> so we need more mm. people doing stuff like that. But I appreciate you, Lisa. Very, Keep up the great powerful. work. Thank you, TJ. And thank you for hanging out with me late night ATL time. <laughs> Ooh, All right, you ATL, guys. 12, yes. 12.04, 8 so I know. You officially hit uh, Thursday morning. We are out, you guys. Appreciate you. Make sure you tune in next week for another powerful episode of Season 4 on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Appreciate you,